Part One, Chapter Seven of the Idiot. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. The Idiot by Fyodor Dostoevsky, translated by Eva M. Martin. Part One, Chapter Seven. When the prince ceased speaking, all were gazing merrily at him even aglaya but lizaveta prokofievna looked the jolliest of all well she cried we have put him through his paces with a vengeance my dears you imagined i believe that you were about to patronize this young gentleman like some poor protege picked up somewhere and taken under your magnificent protection what fools we were and what especially big fool is your father well done prince i assure you the general actually asked me to put you through your paces and examine you as to what you said about my face you are absolutely correct in your judgment i am a child and know it i knew it long before you said so you have expressed my own thoughts i think your nature and mine must be extremely alike and i am very glad of it we are like two drops of water only you are a man and i a woman and i've not been to switzerland and that is all the difference between us don't be in a hurry mother the prince says that he has some motive behind his simplicity cried aglaya yes yes so he does laughed the others oh don't you begin bantering him said mamma he is probably a good deal cleverer than all three of you girls put together we shall see only you haven't told us anything about aglaya yet prince and aglaya and i are both waiting to hear i cannot say anything at present i'll tell you afterwards why her face is clear enough isn't it oh yes of course you are very beautiful aglaya ivanovna so beautiful that one is afraid to look at you is that all what about her character persisted mrs epanchin it is difficult to judge when such beauty is concerned i have not prepared my judgment beauty is a riddle that means you have set aglaya a riddle said adelaida guess it aglaya but she's pretty prince isn't she most wonderfully so said the latter warmly gazing at aglaya with admiration almost as lovely as nastasia philipovna but quite a different type all present exchanged looks of surprise as lovely as who said mrs epanchin as nastasia philipovna where have you seen nastasia philipovna what nastasia philipovna gavrila ardalionovitch showed the general her portrait just now how so did he bring the portrait for my husband only to show it nastasia philipovna gave it to gavrila ardalionovitch today and the latter brought it here to show the general i must see it cried mrs epanchin where is the portrait if she gave it to him he must have it 
and he is still in the study he never leaves before four o'clock on wednesdays send for gavrila ardalionovitch at once no i don't long to see him so much look here dear prince be so kind will you just step to the study and fetch this portrait say we want to look at it please do this for me will you he is a nice fellow but a little too simple said adelaida as the prince left the room he is indeed said alexandra almost laughably so at times neither one nor the other seemed to give expression to her full thoughts he got out of it very neatly about our faces though said aglaya he flattered us all round even mamma nonsense cried the latter he did not flatter me it was i who found his appreciation flattering i think you are a great deal more foolish than he is he is simple of course but also very knowing just like myself how stupid of me to speak of the portrait thought the prince as he entered the study with a feeling of guilt at his heart and yet perhaps i was right after all he had an idea unformed as yet but a strange idea gavrila ardalionovitch was still sitting in the study buried in a mass of papers he looked as though he did not take his salary from the public company whose servant he was for a sinecure he grew very wroth and confused when the prince asked for the portrait and explained how it came about that he had spoken of it oh curse it all he said what on earth must you go blabbing for you know nothing about the thing and yet idiot he added muttering the last word to himself in irrepressible rage i am very sorry i was not thinking at the time i merely said that aglaya was almost as beautiful as nastasia philipovna gania asked for further details and the prince once more repeated the conversation gania looked at him with ironical contempt the while nastasia philipovna he began and there paused he was clearly much agitated and annoyed the prince reminded him of the portrait listen prince said gania as though an idea had just struck him i wish to ask you a great favour and yet i really don't know he paused again he was trying to make up his mind to something and was turning the matter over the prince waited quietly once more gania fixed him with intent and questioning eyes prince he began again they are rather angry with me in there owing to a circumstance which i need not explain so that i do not care to go in at present without an invitation i particularly wish to speak to aglaya but i have written a few words in case i shall not have the chance of seeing her here the prince observed a small note in his hand and i do not know how to get my communication to her don't you think you could undertake to give it to her at once but only to her mind and so that no one else should see you give it it isn't much of a secret but still well will you do it i don't quite like it replied the prince 
oh but it is absolutely necessary for me gania entreated believe me if it were not so i would not ask you how else am i to get it to her it is most important dreadfully important gania was evidently much alarmed at the idea that the prince would not consent to take his note and he looked at him now with an expression of absolute entreaty well i will take it then but mind nobody is to see cried the delighted gania and of course i may rely on your word of honour hmm. i won't show it to any one said the prince the letter is not sealed continued gania and paused in confusion oh i won't read it said the prince quite simply he took up the portrait and went out of the room gania left alone clutched his head with his hands one word from her he said one word from her and i may yet be free he could not settle himself to his papers again for agitation and excitement but began walking up and down the room from corner to corner the prince walked along musing he did not like his commission and disliked the idea of gania sending a note to aglaya at all but when he was two rooms distant from the drawing-room where they all were he stopped as though recalling something went to the window nearer the light and began to examine the portrait in his hand he longed to solve the mystery of something in the face of nastasia philipovna something which had struck him as he looked at the portrait for the first time the impression had not left him it was partly the fact of her marvellous beauty that struck him and partly something else there was a suggestion of immense pride and disdain in the face almost of hatred and at the same time something confiding and very full of simplicity the contrast aroused a deep sympathy in his heart as he looked at the lovely face the blinding loveliness of it was almost intolerable this pale thin face with its flaming eyes it was a strange beauty the prince gazed at it for a minute or two then glanced around him and hurriedly raised the portrait to his lips when a minute after he reached the drawing-room door his face was quite composed but just as he reached the door he met aglaya coming out alone gavrila ardalionovitch begged me to give you this he said handing her the note aglaya stopped took the letter and gazed strangely into the prince's eyes there was no confusion in her face a little surprise perhaps but that was all by her look she seemed merely to challenge the prince to an explanation as to how he and gania happened to be connected in this matter but her expression was perfectly cool and quiet and even condescending so they stood for a moment or two confronting one another at length a faint smile passed over her face and she passed by him without a word mrs epanchin examined the portrait of nastasia philipovna for some little while holding it critically at arm's length yes she is pretty she said at last even very pretty 
i have seen her twice but only at a distance so you admire this kind of beauty do you she asked the prince suddenly yes i do this kind do you mean especially this kind yes especially this kind why there is much suffering in this face murmured the prince more as though talking to himself than answering the question i think you are wandering a little prince mrs epanchin decided after a lengthened survey of his face and she tossed the portrait onto the table haughtily alexandra took it and adelaida came up and both the girls examined the photograph just then aglaya entered the room what a power cried adelaida suddenly as she earnestly examined the portrait over her sister's shoulder whom what power asked her mother crossly such beauty is real power said adelaida with such beauty as that one might overthrow the world she returned to her easel thoughtfully aglaya merely glanced at the portrait frowned and put out her underlip then went and sat on the sofa with folded hands mrs epanchin rang the bell ask gavrila ardalionovitch to step this way said she to the man who answered mamma cried alexandra significantly i shall just say two words to him that's all said her mother silencing all objection by her manner she was evidently seriously put out you see prince it's all secrets with us just now all secrets it seems to be the etiquette of the house for some reason or other stupid nonsense and in a matter which ought to be approached with all candour and open-heartedness there is a marriage being talked of and i don't like this marriage mamma what are you saying said alexandra again hurriedly well what my dear girl as if you can possibly like it yourself the heart is the great thing and the rest is all rubbish though one must have sense as well perhaps sense is really the great thing don't smile like that aglaya i don't contradict myself a fool with a heart and no brains is just as unhappy as a fool with brains and no heart i am one and you are the other and therefore both of us suffer both of us are unhappy why are you so unhappy mother asked adelaida who alone of all the company seemed to have preserved her good temper and spirits up to now in the first place because of my carefully brought-up daughters said mrs epanchin cuttingly and as that is the best reason i can give you we need not bother with any other at present enough of words now we shall see how both of you i don't count aglaya will manage your business and whether you most revered alexandra ivanovna will be happy with your fine mate ah she added as gania suddenly entered the room here's another marrying subject how do you do she continued in response to gania's bow but she did not invite him to sit down you are going to be married married how what marriage murmured gania overwhelmed with confusion 
are you about to take a wife i ask if you prefer that expression no no i i no said gania bringing out his lie with a tell-tale blush of shame he glanced keenly at aglaya who was sitting some way off and dropped his eyes immediately aglaya gazed coldly intently and composedly at him without taking her eyes off his face and watched his confusion no you say no do you continued the pitiless mrs general very well i shall remember that you told me this wednesday morning in answer to my question that you are not going to be married what day is it wednesday isn't it yes i think so said adelaida you never know the day of the week what's the day of the month twenty-seventh said gania twenty-seventh very well good-bye now you have a good deal to do i'm sure and i must dress and go out take your portrait give my respects to your unfortunate mother nina alexandrovna au revoir dear prince come in and see us often do and i shall tell old princess bielokonski about you i shall go and see her on purpose and listen my dear boy i feel sure that god has sent you to petersburg from switzerland on purpose for me maybe you will have other things to do besides but you are sent chiefly for my sake i feel sure of it god sent you to me au revoir alexandra come with me my dear mrs epanchin left the room gania confused annoyed furious took up his portrait and turned to the prince with a nasty smile on his face prince he said i am just going home if you have not changed your mind as to living with us perhaps you would like to come with me you don't know the address i believe wait a minute prince said aglaya suddenly rising from her seat do write something in my album first will you father says you are a most talented calligraphist i'll bring you my book in a minute she left the room well au revoir prince said adelaida i must be going too she pressed the prince's hand warmly and gave him a friendly smile as she left the room she did not so much as look at gania this is your doing prince said gania turning on the latter so soon as the others were all out of the room this is your doing sir you have been telling them that i am going to be married he said this in a hurried whisper his eyes flashing with rage and his face ablaze you shameless tattler i assure you you are under a delusion said the prince calmly and politely i did not even know that you were to be married you heard me talking about it the general and me you heard me say that everything was to be settled to-day at nastasia filipovna's and you went and blurted it out here you lie if you deny it who else could have told them devil take it sir who could have told them except yourself didn't the old woman as good as hint as much to me if she hinted to you who told her you must know best of course but i never said a word about it did you give my note is there an answer 
interrupted Gania impatiently. But at this moment Aglaya came back, and the prince had no time to reply. "'There, prince,' said she, "'there's my album. Now choose a page and write me something, will you? There's a pen, a new one. Do you mind a steel one? I have heard that you calligraphists don't like steel pens.' Conversing with the prince, Aglaya did not even seem to notice that Gania was in the room. But while the prince was getting his pen ready, finding a page, and making his preparations to write, Gania came up to the fireplace where Aglaya was standing, to the right of the prince, and in trembling, broken accents said, almost in her ear, "'One word, just one word from you, and I'm saved!' The prince turned sharply round and looked at both of them. Gania's face was full of real despair. He seemed to have said the words almost unconsciously and on the impulse of the moment. Aglaya gazed at him for some seconds, with precisely the same composure and calm astonishment as she had shown a little while before, when the prince handed her the note, and it appeared that this calm surprise and seemingly absolute incomprehension of what was said to her, were more terribly overwhelming to Gania than even the most plainly expressed disdain would have been. "'What shall I write?' asked the prince. "'I'll dictate to you,' said Aglaya, coming up to the table. "'Now then, are you ready? Write, I never condescend to bargain. Now put your name and the date.' Let me see it. The prince handed her the album. Capital! How beautifully you have written it! Thanks so much! Au revoir, prince. Wait a minute, she added. I want to give you something for a keepsake. Come with me this way, will you? The prince followed her. Arrived at the dining-room, she stopped. Read this, she said, handing him Gania's note. The prince took it from her hand, but gazed at her in bewilderment. "'Oh, I know you haven't read it, and that you could never be that man's accomplice. Read it. I wish you to read it.' The letter had evidently been written in a hurry. "'My fate is to be decided to-day,' it ran. "'You know how. This day I must give my word irrevocably. I have no right to ask your help and I dare not allow myself to indulge in any hopes. But once you said just one word, and that word lighted up the night of my life, and became the beacon of my days. Say one more such word, and save me from utter ruin. Only tell me, break off the whole thing, and I will do so this very day. Oh, what can it cost you to say just this one word? In doing so, you will but be giving me a sign of your sympathy for me, and of your pity. Only this, only this. Nothing more, nothing. I dare not indulge in any hope, because I am unworthy of it. But if you say but this word, I will take up my cross again with joy, and return once more to my battle with poverty. I shall meet the storm and be glad of it. I shall rise up with renewed strength. Send me back, then, this one word of sympathy, only sympathy. I swear to you, 
and oh do not be angry with the audacity of despair with the drowning man who has dared to make this last effort to save himself from perishing beneath the waters g l this man assures me said aglaya scornfully when the prince had finished reading the letter that the words break off everything do not commit me to anything whatever and himself gives me a written guarantee to that effect in this letter observe how ingenuously he underlines certain words and how crudely he glosses over his hidden thoughts he must know that if he broke off everything first by himself and without telling me a word about it or having the slightest hope on my account that in that case i should perhaps be able to change my opinion of him and even accept his friendship he must know that but his soul is such a wretched thing he knows it and cannot make up his mind he knows it and yet asks for guarantees he cannot bring himself to trust he wants me to give him hopes of myself before he lets go of his hundred thousand roubles as to the former word which he declared lighted up the night of his life he is simply an impudent liar i merely pitied him once but he is audacious and shameless he immediately began to hope at that very moment i saw it he has tried to catch me ever since he is still fishing for me well enough of this take the letter and give it back to him as soon as you have left our house not before of course and what shall i tell him by way of answer nothing of course that's the best answer is it the case that you are going to live in his house yes your father kindly recommended me to him then look out for him i warn you he won't forgive you easily for taking back the letter aglaya pressed the prince's hand and left the room her face was serious and frowning she did not even smile as she nodded good-bye to him at the door i'll just get my parcel and we'll go said the prince to gania as he re-entered the drawing-room gania stamped his foot with impatience his face looked dark and gloomy with rage at last they left the house behind them the prince carrying his bundle the answer quick the answer said gania the instant they were outside what did she say did you give the letter the prince silently held out the note gania was struck motionless with amazement ha what my letter he cried he never delivered it i might have guessed it oh curse him of course she did not understand what i meant naturally why 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 didn't you give her the note you excuse me i was about to deliver it almost immediately after receiving your commission and i gave it too just as you asked me to it has come into my hands now because aglaya ivanovna has just returned it to me how when as soon as i finished writing in her album for her and when she asked me to come out of the room with her you heard we went into the dining-room and she gave me your letter to read and then told me to return it to read 
cried gania almost at the top of his voice to read and you read it and again he stood like a log in the middle of the pavement so amazed that his mouth remained open after the last word had left it yes i have just read it and she gave it you to read herself herself yes herself and you may believe me when i tell you that i would not have read it for anything without her permission gania was silent for a minute or two as though thinking out some problem suddenly he cried it's impossible she cannot have given it you to read you are lying you read it yourself i am telling you the truth said the prince in his former composed tone of voice and believe me i am extremely sorry that the circumstance should have made such an unpleasant impression upon you but you wretched man at least she must have said something there must be some answer from her yes of course she did say something out with it then damn it out with it at once and gania stamped his foot twice on the pavement as soon as i had finished reading it she told me that you were fishing for her that you wished to compromise her so far as to receive some hopes from her trusting to which hopes you might break with the prospect of receiving a hundred thousand roubles she said that if you had done this without bargaining with her if you had broken with the money prospects without trying to force a guarantee out of her first she might have been your friend that's all i think oh no when i asked her what i was to say as i took the letter she replied that no answer is the best answer i think that was it forgive me if i do not use her exact expressions i tell you the sense as i understood it myself ungovernable rage and madness took entire possession of gania and his fury burst out without the least attempt at restraint oh that's it is it he yelled she throws my letters out of the window does she oh and she does not condescend to bargain while i do eh we shall see we shall see i shall pay her out for this he twisted himself about with rage and grew paler and paler he shook his fist so the pair walked along a few steps gania did not stand on ceremony with the prince he behaved just as though he were alone in his room he clearly counted the latter as a non-entity but suddenly he seemed to have an idea and recollected himself but how was it he asked how was it that you idiot that you are he added to himself were so very confidential a couple of hours after your first meeting with these people how was that hm? up to this moment jealousy had not been one of his torments now it suddenly gnawed at his heart that is a thing i cannot undertake to explain replied the prince gania looked at him with angry contempt oh i suppose the present she wished to make to you when she took you into the dining-room was her confidence hm? i suppose that was it i cannot explain it otherwise 
but why why devil take it what did you do in there why did they fancy you look here can't you remember exactly what you said to them from the very beginning can't you remember oh we talked of a great many things when first i went in we began to speak of switzerland oh the devil take switzerland then about executions executions yes at least about one then i told the whole three years story of my life and the history of a poor peasant girl oh damn the peasant girl go on go on said gania impatiently then how schneider told me about my childish nature and oh curse schneider and his dirty opinions go on then i began to talk about faces at least about the expressions of faces and said that aglaya ivanovna was nearly as lovely as nastasia filipovna it was then i blurted out about the portrait but you didn't repeat what you heard in the study you didn't repeat that hmm no i tell you i did not then how did they look here did aglaya show my letter to the old lady oh there i can give you my fullest assurance that she did not i was there all the while she had no time to do it but perhaps you may not have observed it oh you damned idiot you he shouted quite beside himself with fury you can't even describe what went on gania having once descended to abuse and receiving no check very soon knew no bounds or limit to his license as is often the way in such cases his rage so blinded him that he had not even been able to detect that this idiot whom he was abusing to such an extent was very far from being slow of comprehension and had a way of taking in an impression and afterwards giving it out again which was very unidiotic indeed but something a little unforeseen now occurred i think i ought to tell you gavrila ardalionovitch said the prince suddenly that though i once was so ill that i really was little better than an idiot yet now i am almost recovered and that therefore it is not altogether pleasant to be called an idiot to my face of course your anger is excusable considering the treatment you have just experienced but i must remind you that you have twice abused me rather rudely i do not like this sort of thing and especially so at the first time of meeting a man and therefore as we happen to be at this moment standing at a cross-road don't you think we had better part you to the left homewards and i to the right here i have twenty-five roubles and i shall easily find a lodging gania was much confused and blushed for shame do forgive me prince he cried suddenly changing his abusive tone for one of great courtesy for heaven's sake forgive me you see what a miserable plight i am in but you hardly know anything of the facts of the case as yet if you did i am sure you would forgive me at least partially of course it was inexcusable of me i know but oh dear me i really do not require such profuse apologies replied the prince hastily i quite understand how unpleasant your position is and that is what made you abuse me 
so come along to your house after all i shall be delighted i am not going to let him go like this thought gania glancing angrily at the prince as they walked along the fellow has sucked everything out of me and now he takes off his mask there's something more than appears here we shall see it shall all be as clear as water by to-night everything but by this time they had reached gania's house end of part 1 chapter 7 recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey